It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Eric Looney. Good morning, everyone. It is a snow-covered Easter morning in Windsor, Colorado. Uh, What a unique, special, wonderful day this is. Uh, I've never done an Easter message from uh, my house. (laughs) We're in the quarantine season, but there are three things that I am extremely excited about today. First of all, it's resurrection morning, and that that takes the cake. Uh, It's also my brother Mark's birthday. And third, I found an excuse to slip in uh, part 20 of my spiritual lessons for World War II uh, into this. I'm supposed to be doing the quarantine series, uh, <laughs> and yet this was such a perfect fit, I could not help myself. And so, and I've been really missing, just to be honest with you, I've been really missing uh, my World War II series. I was enjoying it so much personally and being edified so much that it was really hard for me. That was one of the the dying points for me. And so I felt like God almost gave me a gift this morning uh, to celebrate the resurrection morning with with this message. Uh, It's called The Sleeping Giant. I have my keynote for it all done like I would normally do uh, in the Studio 29 building uh, for Daily Thunder. And so I'm going to be able to live this out as if I'm in the Studio 29 building, going through my spiritual lessons for World War II. And for those of you that uh, are not able to see my keynotes, which is all of you today, uh, Hudson is hopefully going to be editing these in the upcoming months. And you'll be able to see my really cool pictures and things like that. But uh, meanwhile, just use your imagination and uh, enjoy this with me, I hope. John 14, 19, Jesus speaking, because I live, you shall live also. Where Jesus goes, we go as believers. And he says, because I live, you shall live also. What a premise point for this message. You know, I've really struggled uh, with understanding the gravity and the import of the resurrection. I know that sounds funny, but it's not that I don't know the importance of it. I I do, and it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's that I understand the gravity of the cross and the importance of it, and without it, I understand the dynamics. And I understand the seated position really well. But when it comes to the resurrection, it's like, well, why is that so important? And it's not that I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you... My my mental workings over the decades of saying, God, show me this, teach me this. And so I'm always looking for a picture or a metaphor that will help enliven a truth because it's not that I don't know the truth, it's that I need to know it better. And I think this is one that has really helped me and I hope it helps you. Now remember, I'm very attracted to World uh, War history. So as a result, whether or not this will speak the same language of your soul, I don't know, but it sure does mine. Uh, So we've gone through in this World War II series, uh, if you were to hearken back, uh, this is uh, part 20 or episode 20 in it. So there's a lot of water under the bridge in this, and it's been some good water. Uh, And, you know, we have this rise of an evil power and the Nazi regime, which is about as evil as evil can be. In all of history, there's, there's 
uh, few things that can compare to it. And we see its subtle growth over time that is moving and taking more and more territory from the Rhineland to uh, Austria to the Sudetenland to Czechoslovakia. And ultimately, World War II starts when, when Hitler invades Poland. But what we see is a breakout of evil upon the world and uh, nations without warning are being uh, subjugated to this Nazi boot. And we see uh, the attack, the sudden attack on the Netherlands and on Belgium and on France. And we see this, uh, this nation called Great Britain that is in a very precarious position all alone. And it still decides to stand against this evil. It's an incredible story. And that's part of what I've walked through in, in the years of the 1930s into the beginning of the war in 1939 to the awful year of 1940 and the proving of the nation of Great Britain as it stood all alone. And so at this juncture where this message comes in, it's been 19 months of hell. And that's one of the best ways of describing it. It's everything hangs in the balance. Everything that is good and right and true and virtuous is hanging in the balance. And on my screen, I have this great picture of uh, December 7th, 1941. Something very, very significant is going to happen. And as, as an American, uh, if you happen to be listening to this as uh, someone who knows American history, December 7th, 1941 is a sizable day. It's the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And what does that have to do with resurrection morning? Because in a strange sense, it is a parallel, a very unique one, but it's a parallel. And so I have this ship being hit and struck and uh, you know, smoke filling the air. So uh, this is Winston Churchill talking. I got up from the table and walked through the hall to the office, which was always at work. I asked for a call to the president. This is uh, on the evening for, for them, uh, the evening of December 7th, 1941. He has just heard that there's some kerfuffle uh, in uh, America that have the Japanese actually attacked some shipping in America. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the full details. So in two or three minutes, Mr. Roosevelt came through. Mr. President, <clears throat> what's this about Japan? And President uh, Roosevelt says, it's quite true. They have attacked us at Pearl Harbor. We are all in the same boat now. Now, if, if you're listening closely, you know it's Resurrection uh, Sunday and we're, we're celebrating it as the Church of Jesus Christ. And you're thinking, what does World War II history have to do with that, Eric? It seems like a diminishment of the grandeur of the cross. And I'm not trying to say that this is in essence, an equivalent to the resurrection of Christ. I'm saying it is a parallel where it has certain attributes that help draw out the beauty and the majesty of the resurrection, of the significance of it in, a, in an understanding maybe that is something that can resonate with some of us that have struggled to know the grandeur of it. We are all in the same boat now. Now, why does that matter? You see, for Great Britain, they have fought alone for 19 months. This has been hell, as I described. It is so extreme. Everything from Dunkirk and, and the miracle of Dunkirk to the fall of France to uh, the Battle of Britain to the Battle of the Atlantic. These have been uh, battles, a, a war that has been waged, and they're standing alone against such a 
ominous power. And now suddenly with the stroke uh, of one event, you have Franklin Roosevelt saying we are all in the same boat now. So why is this event so important? You could say, which event are you talking about, Eric? Are you talking about Pearl Harbor? Are you talking about the resurrection? Well, I'm actually talking about both. And I'm going to start with Pearl Harbor, and I'm going to show you why it's so important. And I'm going to give you the mindset of Winston Churchill, which I want you to climb into this morning as we walk through this, because I want you to experience this in a way that he is experiencing it. And I think it could actually give you an understanding of the resurrection. So here's Winston Churchill. No American will think it wrong of me if I proclaim that I have the United States at our side. Sorry. No American will think it wrong of me if I proclaim that to have the United States at our side was to me the greatest joy. I could not foretell the course of events. I do not pretend to have measured accurately the martial might of Japan. But now at this very moment, I knew the United States was in the war up to the neck and into the death. So we had won after all. Yes, after Dunkirk, after the fall of France, after the horrible episode of Iran, after the threat of invasion, when apart from the air and the navy, we were almost unarmed people, after the deadly struggle of the U-boat war, the first battle of the Atlantic gained by a hand's breadth, after 17 months of lonely fighting and 19 months of my responsibility in dire stress, we had won the war. Now, stop right there. We had won the war. What do you mean, Winston Churchill? You've won the war. It's 1941. I mean, there's no sign at all of, of any advantage that you have. In fact, the United States was just bombed. I mean, if anything, it would seem worse off. Instead, the lens of Winston Churchill is seen December 7th, 1941, and he says, we had won the war. We had won the war. England would live, he said. Britain would live. The Commonwealth of Nations and the Empire would live. Why was he so excited? This, this should be a disaster. How long the war would last or in what fashion it would end, no man could tell. Nor did I at this moment care. Once again in our Long Island history, we should emerge, however mauled or mutilated, safe and victorious. We should not be wiped out. Our history would not come to an end. We might not even have to die as individuals. Hitler's fate was sealed. Mussolini's feet was sealed. As for the Japanese, they would be ground to powder. Okay, stop again right there. You have an event of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and you have Winston Churchill literally rising up and saying, we've won the war. I don't care how long it lasts. I don't care how difficult it is. I know that we've won. Do you see something in this? I'm trying to create the parallel for you. You see, they're still in the midst of battle, just like we as Christians are. We're still in the midst of battle. And just as he says, how long the war would last or in what fashion it would end, no man could tell, nor did I care at this moment. Once again, in our Long Island history, we should emerge, however mauled or mutilated, safe and victorious. We should not be wiped out. Our history would not come to an end. We might not have to die as individuals. Hitler's fate was sealed. Sin's fate is sealed. The flesh's fate is sealed. Darkness, death, fate sealed. The enemy, Satan, his fate sealed. 
Mussolini's fate was sealed. As for the Japanese, they would be ground to powder. All the rest was merely the proper application of overwhelming force. The British Empire, the Soviet Union, and now the United States, bound together with every scrap of their life and strength, were, according to my lights, twice or even thrice the force of their antagonists. No doubt it would take a long time. I expected terrible forfeits in the East, but all this would be merely a passing phase. United, we could subdue everybody else in the world. And then here's his final statement. Many disasters, immeasurable cost, and tribulation lay ahead, but there was no more doubt about the end. There was something about this event that literally caused Churchill to say there was no more doubt about the end. There was something that had established an understanding of great superior force that was now behind him that he could rest. So why is this event so important? You say, Eric, didn't you ask that earlier? I did. And I said, so which, which event are we talking about? Are we talking about Pearl Harbor or are we talking about uh, the resurrection? Well, now I want to talk about the resurrection. Why is this event so important? So to answer that, I want to use some words from a famous song that many of us know, Because He Lives by Bill Gaither. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. He was not defeated, but he actually rose again. And that sleeping giant, if you want to say it, to liken a, a phrase from World War II, is actually on our side. And he is the one fighting for us. That great, incredible statement of Franklin Roosevelt that says we're in the same boat now. The, the parallels <laughs> with the Christian life with that one statement is profound even. We are in the same boat now. To be in the same boat with Jesus takes all the fear away. Do you remember when the disciples are in the boat with Jesus and the, the water is filling up and it says their lives were in jeopardy? These are fishermen. They know when their life's in jeopardy when they're on the, on the water. And Jesus is sleeping. Come on. But do you know who's in the boat with you? The creator of the heavens and the earth? If he's in the boat with you, you have nothing to fear. You see, our God lives. And he is in the same boat with us. And as a result, we've won. I don't know how long this battle is going to go on. And I don't know what cost it's going to truly mean. But I do know the end is sure. And that's what the resurrection proves to us. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.4, Jesus is declared to be the Son of God. And Jesus is in, Jesus is, is in parentheses because this is linking back to the scripture right before it. Jesus is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see, he's declared to be the Son of God. All that he said about himself is proven true because he rose from the dead. So there's this great quote that many of you may be familiar with by uh, Osoruku Yamamoto. Uh, he's an admiral, uh, was an admiral in the Japanese uh, forces. And this is what he is accredited to saying. I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant 
and fill him with a terrible resolve. So he's looking at the effects of Pearl Harbor, just as Winston Churchill is. Winston Churchill looks at Pearl Harbor and says, we won. I mean, it's disaster. You could look at the cross and suddenly you say, we won. You see what Jesus is accomplishing. This is God working in our behalf. We won. The grave is empty. We won. You see, Isoroku, Yamamoto, it's sort of a fun name to say, when he looks at Pearl Harbor and he sees the sleeping giant, the slumbering giant standing up known as America, he says, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. Oh, that's good. When I think of Jesus Christ rising from the dead and you recognize, what do you think the enemy's thinking? You see, he thought he had Jesus cornered. He thought he had light uh, defeated, dark, or he thought he had life destroyed. Instead, it turns on him. As it says in 1 Corinthians 2.8, none of the rulers of this age knew, and they're referring to the hidden wisdom of God, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would not have done this if they had known what it was going to lead to. You see, this is the establishment of the strength of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. So I have my own rendition. I'm going to call it from the history books. My own rendition of 1 Corinthians 2.8 uh, in World War II language. None of the rulers of Japan knew the latent power resting in the United States. For had they known, they would not have bombed Pearl Harbor. Edward Gray said 30 years before uh, this grand event, he says, the United States is like a gigantic boiler. Once the fire is lighted under it, there is no limit to the power it can generate. You see, when you look at Jesus, you may see just a man. I don't. I see God come in the flesh. And he's like a gigantic boiler. Once the fire is lighted under it, once he rises from the dead, there is no limit to the power it can generate. This is the great secret of the church, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for it affords us access unto the throne room of grace by the shed blood of Jesus. But then, because he lives, he is our high priest who leads us into that heavenly throne room of grace and gives us access unto the power of the Holy Spirit so that we in these bodies can live as we ought to live. And like Winston Churchill, we can say, We've won. It is now accomplished. It is done. So this is a refresher on what Winston Churchill said with a bonus little line from Winston Churchill. After 17 months of lonely fighting and 19 months of my responsibility in dire stress, we had won the war. It's only December 7th, 1941. But he says England would live. Britain would live. The commonwealth of nations and empire and the empire would live. Remember what Jesus says? Because I live, you will also live. Being saturated and satiated with emotion and sensation, I went to bed. And this is on the night of December 7th, 1941. It says, I went to bed and slept the sleep of the saved and thankful. It's <laughs> a great line. Happy Resurrection Sunday. As Christians, may we remember the significance, the power, the majesty 
of what this indicates to us. Our Lord didn't just die for us. He defeated the grave and he lives. And because he lives, we can live also. And because he lives, we can know that the victory is ours. God's blessings. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.